And how do you do, everyone, in the sports world of the Rio Grande Valley? And thanks for joining us on another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, folks, you can hear our podcast, Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. And folks, don't forget, we will be soon joining Alexa Music. So if you like to get your podcast through Amazon, we will be joining there soon. Now, on to this week's guest. Uh, he is Doug Greenwald. He is the announcer or the play-by-play voice of the Fresno's Grizzlies. Doug, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. How's everything going? All right, good, Ray. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm, I'm going going well, just the heart of the baseball season. Yes, sir. And uh, speaking of heart of the baseball season, you know, uh, with the recent passing of Vince Scully, uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts. If you have uh, any, if you got to know Vince Scully, you shared some time together, just uh, talk about the uh, overall uh, just the feeling of uh, having uh, seen one of America's greatest uh, broadcasting icons. Well, I mean, I certainly got to meet him um, over the years uh, on his trip to San Francisco. Uh, you know, just you knew that when you were talking to Vince Scully, you were talking to a Hall of Famer. Uh, you knew you were talking to uh, an icon, a national treasure. Uh, I think it's one of those where, you know, when when the Dodgers came to town, meaning came to San Francisco, I always thought. It's not the Dodgers who are coming to town. It's Vince Scully who's coming to town. Uh, so it just seems like you know, sometimes you, if you're a team and you know your opponent's going to be a really good one, maybe a, you up your game a bit. Uh, maybe there's a little more uh, urgency to get to the ballpark, a little more excitement to get to the ballpark. I think that was sort of the way I felt when Vince Scully was was coming to San Francisco. It's like, man, Vin's going to be here tonight. So. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, we, we didn't lose a broadcast. We lost a national treasure. Absolutely. And, you know, in the time that you were able to interact with him, what, what was like one of those favorite stories that you could probably share as a, as a broadcaster that may, that maybe you could still use in, in today's application of a broadcasting? Well, I, I remember, um, when I left to go to college at Boston University, uh, my father uh, sent me back in the days where we, we were still using cassettes long before we could just record over a phone and send audio in two seconds. But he had uh, then record uh, something for me, wishing me well in college. And that's where Vince Scully's career started. Uh, he didn't go to school there, but, but in terms of broadcasting uh, games, his first game as a broadcaster was a football game. And I guess it was 1950, right around there, um, on the roof of Fenway Park, uh, when Boston University played its football there, or at least took a game there uh, against the University of Maryland. And Vin said, hey, you know, it's Boston University. That's where it started for me. It's where it's starting for you. Uh, I mean, how he put that so beautifully. Uh, and, you know, that was that was Vin Scully. Um, yeah, just I remember in spring training when you're, the Giants had a game in um, at the Dodgers complex over in Glendale. And I had a, a friend of mine who uh, actually met at Boston U, um, but he grew up in the L.A. area and certainly grew up listening to Vince Scully. And 
uh, Vin walked by in the hallway and he came in the booth where uh, my friend and I were, and it was just the three of us. I mean, Vince Scully's got a game to go broadcast in a few minutes. And I just said, Vin, I guess sort of knew who I am because he knew my dad, but uh, he, he stopped in and, and just chatted with the, my friend and with me as if it was just three buddies uh, just uh, shooting the breeze uh, at a ball game uh, and treated my friend like, uh, you know, he, he knew him forever. And I knew how much that went to my friend. I, I think my friend is still in shock over it, that he met Vince Scully. And it wasn't just a handshake. It was a handshake, a conversation. I, and I think he got an autographed ball from him. Uh, so it's, it's little things like that, that that aren't on the air moments, that there's the human element of Vince Scully off the air that I seem to remember uh, equally. Absolutely. As I'm being joined by the Fresno's Gr- Fresno's Grizzlies play by play boys, Doug Greenwald, Doug, you know, I mean, there's so much going on in baseball. Recent trade line just uh, passed. Oh, what were your overall thoughts of of this uh past deadline that came and went who do you see as your big winners and who do you see as your biggest losers well 29 of the 30 teams may trade it trades except the rockies coincidentally and fresno happens to be a rocky affiliate you know time will tell with a trade uh i think everyone jumps to conclusions that oh my god such and such trade that's gonna put that team over the top well we don't know that yet uh so I mean, yeah, you want a, a knee-jerk reaction? Certainly would be San Diego. I mean, they're not going to win the division. I, don't, I mean, I'd be stunned if, if they made up whatever it is, 12, 13 games on the Dodgers. Uh, I know they're playing this weekend. I, still, I know they got a lot of games left with each other or against each other. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess San Diego at least put their foot forward and said, we're going for it. We're going to take advantage of the wild card setup because – we likely would see the Dodgers again in the, in the playoffs. We am speaking for San Diego. And, you know, I saw when, when the Grizzlies used to be triple a, we'd see the formation of the, of the Padres uh, minor league system is becoming a very good one. So they were able to showcase it and get Juan Soto and get Josh Bell. Um, and they parlayed Taylor Rogers now into to Josh Hader. Uh, Brandon Drury, obviously in his first at bat did quite well with the grand slam with the Padres, but uh, uh, I, I certainly think San Diego now, I mean, they got a good rotation and now they got, uh, you know, big time uh, bat with Soto to go another big time bat to go along with Machado. And then of course Tatis is about to start his rehab assignment. So, uh, but uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's the teams that don't make the big moves. Uh, you know, the Dodgers didn't really have to make a move. I guess they went out and got uh, what Joey Gallo and, uh, not that he was having a very good year with the Yankees, but uh, uh, I guess Chris Martin to, to help with their bullpen a little bit. Uh, but I mean, I guess my knee-jerk reaction would be the uh, the Padres. Uh, I think uh, certainly would be at the moment the the big winner, but uh, hasn't shown too far. They're they're one and two so far with all those new guys. Would it surprise you? They absolutely missed the playoffs. Oh, it would surprise me if they missed the playoffs. I think they're pretty much locked into uh, getting a wild card spot. Uh, I mean, you have what the the uh, the three division winners, and then you have three wild cards. I mean, I would be stunned if they didn't have the one of the best records of the non division winners. So, uh, yeah, it would surprise me if they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, but okay, look, you know, you put them in the playoffs. Now you get them in a. Uh, I guess they would. 
they wouldn't see the Dodgers in the first round. They'd have to think the Dodgers would have the best record in the league, although the Mets could, I guess. But, uh, um, you know, and the, and the Mets went out and they got uh, Tyler Daquin. He had a two-homer game for them. I'm not saying that's going to happen every game with them. But, you know, Ray, it's, it's, you think about it, it's not so much the teams make the trade around the deadline, but Tatis will be back. The Mets just got Jacob DeGrom back. Um, so it's sometimes you get guys back off the injured list who are going to be, who are going to, you know, make uh, big dividends. I mean, Scherzer came back a few weeks ago. Uh, so the Mets who this year going in, oh, it's going to be Scherzer DeGrom as the, you know, the, the top two aces in the league. And they haven't had him much of the year, but yet they've still been able to, to play very well this season. So, um, but uh, I guess the Padres are the big winner because they got the big names. They got Soto, they got Hader, uh, Drury. So anyway, but we'll see. We don't, you know, right to go back to what I said initially, you don't know who the big winners are because the season hasn't panned out yet. Absolutely. And I, I will ask you this. Do the Padres have enough capital to re-sign Juan Soto to a long-term extension? Or is this just going to be one of those all rentals for the rest of the year and Juan Soto decides to test free agency. I think it's going to be tough for them to re-sign Juan Soto. I mean, you look, they have, they just signed Joe Musgrove for a hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, they got Darvish on the books. Yes. I've not forgot about Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. I mean, what they signed Tatis for, $300 million Machado's locked up for about as long as Tatis. Uh, so when you look at Tatis and Musgrove and uh, uh, Machado, I mean, uh, and then uh, I, don't, I guess what Josh Hader is, is he in free agent next year? I can't remember, but anyway, um, I just, I think, I think the Padres are saying right now, meaning either this year or next year, we're going to have the, best threesome in terms of back-to-back-to-back of -back -to -back hitters in baseball. Uh, Long-term, yeah, I don't think so. I, I just don't think the Padres have too much money invested elsewhere. Okay, let's stick uh, – now let's go to the other side of the, of the baseball realm, the AL West. You know, uh, the Astros, they pretty much seem to have everything on lockdown, but let's go to – let's stay in California – the Anaheim Angels. With everything that's gone wrong for the Angels, do you honestly think that either Trout or Otani say, or even both say goodbye at some point? Well, Otani would be the one that would say goodbye because he's the free agent after next year. Uh, Trout, you know, they have him locked up for another 10 years or whatever it might be. So, and given the Trouts, you know, he's – look, Mike Trout is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'll, I'll be happy to take Mike Trout on my team. Uh, however, there's a price tag attached to him. And he still has, whatever, another eight, nine years, and he's been injured the last few years. I, mean, I hate to even say this about the guy because, as I said, I mean, Mike Trout, I mean, as I said, he's he's one of the few guys that, that when he steps in the box, you can say, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no debate about that. Uh, but there's been no debate that he's been banged up lately. Uh, and I, I believe he's got a no trade contract too. So, uh, and a lot of people thought that the angels should trade Otani. He's the, he's their drawing card. 
I mean, let's face it. I mean, he and Trout are, but certainly Otani is because you can see him on both sides of the ball excel. And I think that would just really be throwing in the towel. I mean, again, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, next year is going to be their big push, obviously. Now, next year, hopefully they have a healthy Rendon. That's been a bust for them. Uh, obviously, you know, center guard, they were hoping – they're hoping for a better team around center guard. And that didn't happen, and they had to trade him. Michael Lorenzen's been hurt. Their pitching has really been just kind of a, a, a question mark. They've had so many injuries. Um and it's weird because they've had the best two players in baseball, really. I mean, I again, you can flip a coin with Soto and Machado and, and Betts and on and on. But, but I mean, the, the two big drawing cards really are Otani and Trout. And what's that gotten them over the years? I know Otani's still fairly new there, but that's got them three playoff games in that span, uh, none of which they even won. So uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I could, I just don't see them being able to re-sign Otani or seeing Otani wanting to be back with the Angels uh, after next year. Uh, I, I just don't see there's enough around him to say, hey, you know, we're not winning. We have the best players, but we're not winning. So it's that really solved. Absolutely, and Doug, uh, you know, you you've been a bit in in baseball for a long, long time. You've you you've seen a, a lot of the ups and downs of of a lot of teams. But uh, it, it, the thing about Otani and the Angels is that at what point does the front office take a look in the mirror and say, hey, look, we've messed this up and we've messed this up bad. At what point do they take the accountability to the front office? Well, I think deep down inside, they know they messed up. It's been a you know, it's been a whole transition thing in the last few years. There's an owner, uh, in Arde Moreno, who, uh, you know, he, and I say this nicely, I mean, he, but he likes to get involved with everything. But then you have a new general manager who's given the keys, certainly, to a lot of things as well in uh, Perry Manazian. Uh, it's been a mess with the, uh, I'm not faulting, let me make this clear, I'm definitely not faulting Joe Madden, but obviously Joe Madden got let go. So there was probably some disconnect there somewhere with whether it be the team in Madden or Madden in the front office. I don't know. Again, I like, I, I don't know Joe Madden at all, but, but I certainly like the man. I'm not faulting him, but obviously there was some issue there. And, you know, Ray, here's the other thing. Let's, let's fast forward for the angels next year. They're probably going to have a new manager. I don't see Phil Nevin coming back to be the manager there. Um, they're going to have a lot of questions going in what Mike Trout's health is going to be. Will Otani, what's going to happen to him after next year? Uh, you know, who's available for them to sign. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things and, and they are so overshadowed by the Dodgers um, and the Padres who are an hour down the road are now overshadowing them. It's almost sort of like the, you know, it's just not, it's just, it's, it's like, okay, we got the two best drawing cards and I just said this, but we're not, we don't really have a very good team. Uh, you know, their farm system has never really been that strong in the last few years. I mean, they got, you know, a power hitting outfielder named Joe Adele who's supposed to be, uh, you know, pretty good. Who's been up a little bit. Um, you know, Reed Detmer's like certainly a guy they like, I know he had a no hitter this year. They've had, you know, the other thing is their pitching has been hurt. They've had a green line, a lot of young pitchers. It's just been a mess, uh, up there. So they're going to have a lot of things going on. As I said, it's going to start at least in people who wear a uniform with the manager next season. So there's, there's been a lot of mess ups and question marks uh, there. And 
you know, how long Mike Trout, uh, you know, who's what, 32 and 33 now, um, how long he and how healthy he's going to be. So it's not, it might not be all that easy to trade, uh, uh, to trade a guy like Mike Trout if they ever had to. And I hope, I hope certainly that's not the case. I hope if the angels can ever find a way to win that Trout would, uh, would be there to, uh, to, you know, obviously to take part in that. Absolutely, Doug. And, you know, I, I just like to thank you for taking just time out of the, out of the busy schedule. I mean, I know play by play broadcasters, are so filled up uh, trying to do yeah. a lot of things before they go on to your I, I do apologize for for uh, for uh, for missing the call uh, an hour ago. That's all on me. I, I'm so sorry. So hopefully, have a chance to do it again if you trust me. And, and oh uh, yes, yes, that, it definitely, definitely. I mean, you, you know, we coincided at UTRGV Fieldhouse back when you were doing the uh, Seattle Redhawks play-by-play. And, and, you know, just getting well, me, to know me, me, a network. Let me, let me correct that. I actually was not yet doing the play-by-play for them. I was a fan there that night. Uh, oh, so I, nice. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 joined them and I joined them the next the, – the following season, and, and we were going to come down to your place uh, the following year, uh, but we had those weird ice storms throughout central Texas, and all those flights were canceled, so, so was our trip. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was such a chaotic time down here. I mean, even weather-wise right now in this blaring heat in the 120s, it, at, at least what it feels like, it's like, oh, my God, like uh, I wouldn't dare out to go out right now at at 3 p.m. right now. Well, you want heat, come to Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular promotions going on out there? Well, no, I'm just, it's hot weather is what I'm talking about. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All righty. D- Doug, appreciate you coming on to talk baseball with us. Um, You, you know, it's a, such a privilege to, to get you on here. Uh, many thanks for joining us, and I hope to be uh, chatting with you soon. Ray, you as well. Uh, be well. Always fun to talk sports with you. Please tell uh, please tell uh, Jonah and Tony Farina and all the uh, good folks down in the Valley. John Evans, I said hello. I will. Many thanks and take care. Okay, you too. Thank you, Ray. Bye-bye. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.